0: And welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Tonight, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over forty years. I'm your host Andrew Kreider, associate editor of Cargo Facts,
1: and I'm your co-host Robert Luke, associate editor at Cargo Facts,
2: and I'm Jeff Lee, editor of Cargo Facts.
0: I want to begin today with breaking news in this world of sustainable aviation. Universal Hydrogen successfully completed the first flight. Of their test dash 8. This aircraft would be a 1991 vintage aircraft that previously served with American Eagle before being modified. Universal hydrogen modified one nacelle of of their aircraft to be fueled entirely with hydrogen and visually it appears that they've outfitted the aircraft with a new propeller as well. The flight was short and flew under a temporary experimental certificate from the FAA However, the company boasted a strong results and were very proud of their t- uh, of their test. Universal Hydrogen w- wants to eventually move on to modifying ATR uh, type aircraft, outfitting those aircraft with their hydrogen power. Now we are aware both the ATR and the Dash Eight d- that was test have STC mods for cargo variants. We haven't been able to connect with universal hydrogen yet to see if they wanted to modify aircraft themselves. But this is the second major hydrogen powered news coming this year. Earlier in January, UK based ZeroAvia had a test flight of their electric hydrogen electric driven Donier 228 aircraft from UK's Cotswold Airport. Zero Agia was very explicit that they want to be modifying their aircraft for cargo flight. Hydrogen is one of many sustainable uh, fuel platforms being researched uh, for future market use today. And that brings me to Robert Luke.
1: Robert, this was a big week for earnings. It was indeed, Andrew. It was indeed. Aircap, Lufthansa, ATSG. They uh, actually boasted strong earnings for their fourth quarter of 2022 during their uh, recent quarterly earnings reports that were announced. And congratulations to those three companies for those successful uh, revenue-generated growth periods. They also were sharing the same, I would call it universal language, when it comes to what's going to happen going forward as we dive a little deeper into 2023. And... For the most part, they all echoed the same sentiments that there's really not too much concern. There is going to be some down, some downturn here as we go forward, because obviously uh we're getting back to a space of normalization. Passenger belly space is picking up, inflation rates are actually subsiding, but we're rising, fuel prices are increasing. Uh, and in addition to that, you know, China is still kind of slowly maneuvering itself back into a state of normalization after undergoing this uh, COVID uh, restriction zone or time frame, rather that really hindered a lot of the uh, ability to generate movement of air freight from that region. You know, um, our good buddy Guillermo Ochovo of Cargo Facts Consulting did uh, put, point out that, you know, China is pretty much moving roughly 30 percent of the entire global distribution when it comes to e-commerce. But since 2019, they decreased that output capacity by six percentage points due to the fact of these continued restrictions that were imposing their ability to operate normally under normal business circumstances. So uh that included and you know China, we're glad you're back on on schedule here, but we need you to ramp it up. We need our air freight to continue moving. Uh let's get let's get these birds in the air and kick some tires. But looking at the the overall um, the overall thought and outlook from all three of these companies in particular, they're still building as if nothing's going to uh, hinder them or make them cautious or even want to kind of like put put on the brakes. As ATSG mentioned, that they're continuing forward with their A330 conversion platform, and they're going to be expecting to see some of those redelivered this year. And they're continuing with their plans to continue uh, building up on their 767 portfolio uh they have most of those uh pretty much spoken for as far as clients and leasing arrangements and 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 agreements are already in place um Aircap also confirmed that they have a lot of their contracts in place and they're very confident that, you know, things are going to move forward pretty smoothly. Um, they, just, just, they just basically said we have to weather this storm. It's not going to be as difficult as many um, originally forecasted. But they they look to see stronger growth uh, in 2024, especially with e-commerce and, and particularly in the Asia Pacific region. And I need you guys to uh, check out our feature that kind of dives into that a little bit deeper that will be coming out pretty soon. But if you are focused on those areas, you know that that is a definite uh, boom waiting to happen. That's a that's a that's an area that's ripe for the picking. As far as the harvest of e-commerce growth and development is concerned, it's going to be a lot of fruit to pluck from that that regional tree. Um, So giving that pretty much strong feedback, confidence, positive reinforcement. I'm ready to go to do some more research as to who's going to be adding what aircraft and how many and. How soon are some of the older aircraft going to be retiring? Because our it, the Lufthansa earnings quarterly called uh, earlier today. It was definitely mentioned that, you know, if anything should happen, if demand really does dwindle to the worst case scenario output, many were, were afraid of uh, when this was when this recession and inflation and all these other economic negative inputs were factoring the growth of the market they're not concerned that it's going to basically make everything go back to pre-covid levels because there's so many older aircraft currently in operation that they'll just simply reti- start retiring those at a faster pace and that will help balance the influx of renewed fleets with newer conversions whether it's the the A330s that eventually are pegged to replace the 76s or the A321s that are pegged to place the 7 to replace the 75s or the 737800s and Possibly even A320s that make uh, that are lined up to basically replace the 737 classics. So, from all of those angles, I think you know, not just really boring you with inundated numbers of how much they earned, how much the the uh, the EBITDA was as far as their returns are concerned, and what the cost per share was, because you can definitely read about that. The focus that we wanted to address is what is our air cargo aircraft growth production uh operational um efficiency look like going forward and that's where we just want to stick to and it, and everyone seemed to be pretty confident that as long as they stay in their uh, respective spaces there's plenty of uh business to um continue growing and the levels they don't expect to actually go back to the uh pre-COVID uh times where you know things were really looking like doom and gloom and very dubious on on the market outlook so It gives a little bit more of a reassurance, and uh, I think we also heard this in the actual Facts EMEA uh, Dubai conference, where a lot of those sentiments were shared directly by the operators themselves. So, again, it seems to be everybody's on the same page. Everyone's, you know, trusting what they're seeing in front of them. Granted, things could just happen at the drop of a dime, and we could go from very comfortable to, uh, all right, what do we do? It might have to pull out the parachute and bail. But it doesn't look like that's what's happening right now, so we'll take it for what it's worth and uh, we'll continue to monitor the situation from over here at Cargo Facts and uh, see what happens next.
0: The, the, this this brings me back to other airlines, which in October um, announced drops for their revenue. Um, my understanding was we're seeing a lot of drops in in revenue Um but airlines remain confident. Do you, is there any case where you see a drop in revenue and the airline is 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 showing a lot of concern?
1: Well, across the board, they had strong fourth quarter earnings, but they did identify that revenue was decreasing. As uh, even Iota said, uh, a lot of those, uh, uh, a lot of the volume dropped by like between fourteen to sixteen percent for the most part. So they were acknowledging that there was decrease. They weren't just saying everything's okay. They were just happy that they still were able to generate strong earnings for that particular quarter. And that is pretty much the general consensus. But they are they are monitoring. I mean, I don't want to sound like they're just ignoring what may be potentially uh, alarming signs to pay pay attention to. But they were extremely confident that based on how things have been set up, based on how many of the older aircraft still can you know, uh, are are the majority of the aircraft operating from a freighter standpoint in the industry, that there's a way to create balance if it does go to the worst case scenario, which many are still not expecting because, you know, um, even with the Ukraine and Russia conflict, that causes a lot of constraints to be able to deliver in a timely manner because now capacities have to reroute their routes like Lufthansa mentioned. And that's, while it's costly, it does also kind of in a weird way, create a balance because they're not able to have overcapacity, if, if that makes any sense. So um, looking at it from their perspective, they're just kind of happy that there's more of a even keel balance than one extreme of rapid demand growth and increase versus We're struggling to just collect pennies every day because everyone's trying to grab the same volume of air cargo that needs to be moved and shipped, you know, um, with the yeah. So I
0: think there there was a lot of rumors of a bubble about to burst at um, cargo Facts symposium um, in San Diego. Um, Now it sounds like that there wasn't a bubble being burst more of just a leveling off at a different cruising altitude. Is that the case?
1: That's what I'm getting. Um, They don't expect it to, you know, reach the peaks that it was during the COVID era because obviously a lot of factors uh, generated that type of demand when you had ships that were stuck out in the ports, couldn't get clearances to go through customs and continue to move at a normal pace. All the passenger airplanes were shut down. No one was flying except for the cargo freighters, so now that you've got operations resuming back to a state of normalcy um yeah you're seeing things just level off you know and it's not like okay we're descending we're descending we're descending we're descending and it's not stopping they see it leveling out leveling off at a certain point um they do expect it to go down a little bit more but they don't expect it to be like danger we're going below crew, safe cruising altitude. We need to start making and taking emergency uh, precautions here. Well,
0: that's that's all very interesting, and I'll be looking forward to your feature coming up. Well, I don't know about you, but it is Friday, so let's switch this conversation to something more fun. And by that, I mean the A320 fund. Uh, Jeff, there was a couple of developments on that freighter's uh, uh, proliferation. Um, why don't you catch us up?
2: Yeah, that was. And I was just going to say, um, I know just last week we talked about a new E321 conversion facility um, in China. And look, this week again, here we are talking about yet another E321 conversion facility in China. So, and there's there's a slight connection between the two actually, because last week um, we were talking about the EFW um, or EFW planning to launch a new line at the of facility in Tianjin. Now, this time, um, it's 321 Precision Conversions, um, who is going to start converting A321s at um, the SMECO facility in Chengdu. Um, and the connection there is that SMECO um, is a joint venture, um, and one of those partners is also um, Haita. Um, but this one um, is also in partnership with uh C- the Sichuan Airlines group um and that's also interesting because this means that Sichuan Airlines is also going to be taking um A321 freighters now of course Sichuan Airlines is already an Airbus uh operator and an Airbus freighter operator because they have um three a33200 production freighters that they they were previously in operation with Qatar by the way um and they will be getting their first A330 300 b V2F very soon from CDB Aviation. Um, but they kind of hinted to us that they were looking at uh, narrow body freighters as well um, a couple of years back. And so um, this, I guess this deal was, um, and this investment uh, was, uh, or had been in the works for, for some time, um, because it, there was a, a huge push from um, this from Sichuan province actually to invest into um, heavy maintenance and freighter conversion work um, and so they set up this company or this joint venture um, called Sichuan Aviation Industry Development um, and this is the the customer that ordered the conversions from Precision uh, but but of course these air things are going to be to end up in the Sichuan Airlines fleet um, and so the first one um, will enter that conversion line very, very soon um, and probably um, get re-delivered and start flying uh, by the end of the year. Um, we don't know how many um, they've ordered. We know it's more than one, we know it's multiple. Um, but you know this, this kind of investment uh, would suggest that it's not a, a small number and they're probably looking to um, carry out conversions for other customers as well. So, um, yeah, that's, again, um, a new conversion site for the A321s in China. Um, and I mean, we were saying last week that, um, you know, now that China's opening back up, um, you know, pe- people's confidence in China and their the willingness to, to invest in. And personnel and other resources and send airplanes to to, to the, into the country for conversion. I mean, all that's um kind of coming back. Um so we'll yeah, we'll we'll see how many and um what else do they do with this. But um on the topic of A321s on the operator side, um something else uh that we picked up just in, in the past few days is that SmartLinks will finally be flying um, its A321s for uh, a customer that is not DHL. Um, because as we reported, uh, now their first A321 that they will be flying for Skycana in the Dominican Republic um, has arrived. Um, and this is interesting because Skycana, um, generally, both on the passenger and the freighter side, Um, Is basically just using a lot of um, wet lease and and charter capacity from other operators. Um, But in this case, uh, they are kind of testing out um, the A321 freighter type. um, And more interestingly, they are actually setting up their own cargo airline um, in Costa Rica. Um, And they intend to start out with a 737 Classic. Uh, a 400 but they are looking at um, other types uh, to add to that Aoc um, and the a321 is one of those types that they are looking at so um seeing as smart links there's all these a321s um and they are an ACMI specialist you know it makes sense um for them to try with um just a wet leasing too um so interestingly the the one that kind of triggered the our reporting into this was um, one that was in Montpellier that was painted in um, Skycarna and parent company Logic Packs um, colors. Uh, The one that arrived this week um, hasn't been painted yet, um, Skycarna tells me, and they will be sending it um, into the paint shop uh, pretty soon. But um, they are also the same time, um, wet leasing 737-800s from Bluebird Nordic. Um, so they, yeah, they're just growing their their cargo uh, operations um, and doing that through wet lease arrangements, uh, which is low, much lower risk um, than getting their own. But uh, I guess the it. It seems to me that this is part of a, a broader deal with um, Avia Solutions Group, uh, which owns both Bluebird Nordic and uh, SmartLinks, um, because on the passenger side, actually, they are uh, releasing Airbus aircraft from um, Avion Express, uh, which is also part of the Avia Solutions Group. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see these kinds of um, arrangements. and. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see um, SkyConner becoming um, an A321 free-to-operator um, themselves one day.
0: That's all very interesting, Jeff. I know the A321 just continues to be so prolific. And we saw a lot of news this week about the A321 and the 737-800. And you mentioned Sichuan in production in China, um, which is key and important, which brings up Um, just Asia as a region for growth. And if you're interested in Asia as a region for growth and that new conversion capacity or new operators in China, look no further than CargoFax Asia, the essential event for stakeholders in Asia. And it's going to take place in person April 17th through 19th in Singapore. Register today to take advantage of early bird pricing, which I heard was extended. Um, I want to turn back to uh, Robert, uh, because you noticed something that I think is very interesting and I wanna share with our readers.
1: Maybe something a little
0: bit more casual and fun for the weekend. Robert, take us away.
1: Well, you know, as uh, avid Flight Simulator gamers, Andrew, you and I, we just uh, recently found out that the Antonov AN-225 has just been released for the Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Okay. Can we get a woo-hoo for that? Everybody get excited. Woohoo! That's what I'm talking about. So we're going to have to uh, definitely get that addition and uh, plug it in and see if we can do a two-ship formation, Andrew, and uh, figure that big boy out and see if we can actually land and take it off.
2: Also, uh, it's, just it's, can it's, I appeal to Flight Simulator to these add uh, all the other freighter types that we talk about all the time? What they, would those be,
1: Jeff? Elaborate <laughs> a little bit further so they can get some some help here sure i would
2: love to (laughs) uh why not add the a321 freighter that we were just talking about uh as well as the a330 b2f and while they're at it why not add the a350 freighter um i know that's not out yet but surely surely they can do a realistic if if that's
1: gonna if that's gonna be the case they definitely have to add the triple seven 300 er conversion types that are coming out and the triple seven dash eight R factory built from boeing (laughs) hey if we're gonna go all the way just go all the way to the finish line yeah (laughs) exactly andrew do you have any any aircraft you'd like to recommend
0: uh no i I, any any addition of freighters is a good addition um i'm i'm personally really excited to see the
2: um by the way
0: yes we can we can we can name cessna i i i i'm i'm just delighted to see microsoft's involvement um to help uh, rebuild the Miria, which is a certainly um, it, it's a dream uh, if the, if you ever could could call it that. Um, it'll be a long road ahead, uh, and I'm excited to see um, that backing um, for that project.
2: Its name literally is dream, so I saw what you. That did. That was there. my
0: pun. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was the pun. And on that uh, note, where we teach Jeff what puns are. It is time <laughs> for us to end. For more multimedia coverage like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and search CargoFacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time.